0: Welcome to Messy in the Middle, the podcast. We are two realtors from two different coasts working to improve and grow. We believe you deserve to have a thriving business and live a balanced life. Your journey from ideas to implementation starts now. Hey, Ed, how's it going today?
1: It is going great, Jeffy. What's new with you?
0: Well, we just got back from a teams building seminar in Arizona with Brian Buffini. And we definitely received so much information, but we found something we really wanted to share on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, it was a great, great event. And there was a particular speaker that really resonated with us by the name of Patrick Lencioni.
0: I love that last name.
1: And I know. And he wrote an Awesome book that I know we've been digging into, and I'm holding it up. What's yep. the name of the book, Jeff?
0: The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which That's is uh, right. we'll we'll put a little link to Amazon. Actually, came home and um, I'd read the I'd read the book on the plane and bought it for a couple of my friends. Darla, hi, Dar. Hi, Dar, reading that book, girl. (laughs) Keep reading. (laughs) There's
1: going to be, Darla, there's going to be a quiz at the end.
0: There's going to be a quiz. So, before we start into this, though, we want to make sure that we share that we are babies in the process of learning about these five dysfunctions. We are not experts. We're just sharing with you the aha moments that we've had and the things that we would love to have you guys dig into on your side and become an expert in it. So, just remember, Ed and I are not experts. We're just right. chatting. We're just chatting. That's
1: right. But we're All quick right. studies. We're, we are quick we, studies.
0: We are quick studies. So we want to talk about the triangle, right? So if everybody could envision a triangle, and at the bottom of the triangle, Ed, is what?
1: So in terms of the dysfunctions, at the very base of that triangle or pyramid is absence of trust. So okay. if you're going to draw a little line in, in on this pyramid absence of trust is the foundation for the first dysfunction of a team. And when we talk about that absence of trust um, and referring to trust, it's not like, hey, can I rely on somebody if they say something that they're going to be able to do? Do they do it? It's really about are they being honest in their um, in what's important to them and their emotions? Are they being vulnerable? So if there's a lack of vulnerability, and people aren't owning their mistakes and owning their priorities and holding that back out of fear, that's a problem. That's your first base dysfunction.
0: Right. And one thing we skipped over really quick here is the fact that this is, and you said it funny, I like it, it's anybody in a team more than one so we're talking family, kids, church, you know, any place where there's more than one person communicating, this model works extremely well. And going into the trust factor, if when we say absence of trust, that that really means that the people on your team don't feel comfortable coming to you with something that they need. They feel like they'll be you know look down upon for asking a question that you might think is not a good question they feel that their their voice can't be heard so it's creating that that trust is that what right. you're talking about
1: yeah if you have a group if you have a team that's working together everybody needs to know that that they can Truly say what's important to them and own their mistakes and own their successes too, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 being in an environment where they can share that—that's right. really important. Um, and if you don't have that, it sets up the next next dysfunction. We'll talk about, okay. but um, um, well, I guess we'll dive into it. And then we'll talk about some of the techniques. But on top of that, so on top of this pyramid, you've got at the base absence of trust, and then if you draw the next line up, it's Fear of conflict.
0: Okay. So if you
1: don't have this if you don't have trust, then you can't have conflict. And I think a big takeaway for me was like conflict is critical. You've got to have conflict in a team
0: mm-hmm. where
1: people feel confident enough to let to talk about what's important to them and to get it out on the table.
0: Sure, and when we're saying this, and there were some examples that we saw while we were at this conference, but it's safe conflict, not right. heated conflict. Right, It's being able to say, I disagree. It's being able to say, have you looked at it in this way? And still mm-hmm. let the other person have the opinion that, yeah, I did look at it in that way and I don't agree. But what happens in that conflict is it's like, it, it's tearing it down to its, its bottom piece and allowing it to be broken wide open so that you can grow out of that space. Is that what you got but, from that?
1: Yeah, it's 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 okay to attack the idea. You just don't attack, attack the person. Right. And that's what happens is if you have artificial harmony where people are like, oh, I'm holding back to what's important to me. I'm not going to say it in the meeting, but I'm going to roll my eyes
0: mm-hmm. or
1: I'm going to do a sidebar afterward and go, <laughs> There she goes again. Right. It, it creates um, an environment where you really can't get to the base of what's best for the group and, and the team. Mm-hmm. So it's not personal, but you're, you're, you can be heated, but you're going, sure. you're going over the ideas and not the people. And everybody is in an environment where they feel safe to do that. And that's the role of the leader again to yes. create that environment where you have open conflict.
0: When people are committed. To having this conflict and trust, then they're committed to the process and committed to the idea. So you get people, you get the buy-in, like you said, once people are able to have a voice.
1: Right. And that leads right right into the next level of the pyramid, which is if you don't have true conflict, then you get lack of commitment. So mm-hmm. people won't buy into the idea
0: right. because they haven't
1: been heard. Their concerns aren't are, haven't been given the time right and the attention so again if you see stepping back to the base it's like okay we got this trust everybody's you know able to be vulnerable mm-hmm. their ideas are heard they're mashed out after that's mashed out you can have a vote or an agreement but everybody commits to it
0: right. because they've
1: been heard
0: and that releases that well actually that's the next step sorry I keep jumping ahead <laughs> no,
1: you're fine keep going okay. so i mean that does lead that does lead to the next step which is again the next level on this pyramid so we're almost to the top which the if if you don't have this then you have avoidance of accountability right because nobody's because they haven't bought in and they haven't committed then nobody's accountable for it you can it, it translates to like low standards
0: right i didn't have because, that idea that was their idea i didn't buy into yeah. that I told you
1: that I was going to fail. Yeah. See, see I was right. It failed.
0: Uh-huh. Right.
1: Yeah, so yeah. No, nobody nobody's accountable to it. Right. And I, one of the takeaways I had is that you'll know if you've got it true accountability when peers call other peers out and it's not the leader doing it. It's not the leader on high saying, "Now, now, now," mm-hmm. but it's it's the the peer saying, "Hey, that's not right." You know you're letting the team down when that right. starts happening then you know you're on a really good foundation because you're getting that buy-in which brings us to the top of the pyramid which mm-hmm. is inattention to results right that are and i kind of look at that as like that are good for the team right that like what's mm-hmm. what's the goal what's the team working toward and the on the sidebar on that it's Status and ego become important. People's own personal agendas become important. important. Their own departments. Right. You know, for realtors, it's like, well, I made my number. You know, so I'm not worrying about that, right? But they're not. They're not pulling everybody forward with the, with what the team's trying to do.
0: Right. And in the book too, and we're just going over such a tiny little piece of this, they they actually write the book in a story format. So it helps you really understand the unfolding of all of these steps of the triangle. But the ego was one of the biggest things because people within a business structure were making decisions that were based on their win, the single person's win. Like I'll look good. I'll have an article written about me. I'll be able to leave this company and have, you know, this process behind me that makes me look good. And truly, that's if you're working in a team format, that doesn't. That's not how it works. That's right. That's, yeah.
1: That's that's exactly right. They start worrying about well, how's this affecting my reputation? I correct. I'm just worried about you know me looking good and and yep. and what's good for me rather than for right. the team. So that's that's the basic format, and we're going to go into a little more detail on, how, on some key things here and some yep. some observations. But again, at the bottom, it's trust, and then it's conflict, and then it's commitment, and then it's accountability, and then it's results. So I stated that in a positive. It's like if you're doing these things, that's what you're going to have.
0: So there. Do you want to kind of jump in and give a few little ideas for each of the the lines of the pyramid?
1: Yeah, let's do that. At least, uh, at least uh, a few of them with the time okay. we have. But um, which one do you want to start? I with? think let's start with the you know the base level one, which was the absence of trust. I think there was a really good um, exercise that they had in there for sure. when you're pulling your team together. And again, this is great if you know you've got a real estate team and you're bringing a new member on, or you're having a, having a meeting and just kind of getting the level set. Um, if you haven't done something like this, um, it was five questions to ask and when you're kind of right. going around and introducing. And Jeffy, I'm going to let you go through these. I thought this okay. was
0: great. I really did. Yeah, I really like this too. Now remember, this is just a, an outline. You can do anything you want, but you, want to, you don't want to keep it over... You don't want to go too sensitive. You want to keep it on a base level where people can connect with what the other person is saying. It gives the human element to your team. And... You as the leader always want to go first. That's right. Yeah, that's you. You don't just throw somebody into the fire.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you go first. Okay, ready? So, a couple of the questions you could ask is, "Hey, why don't you tell us number the number of siblings in your family, your hometown, any unique challenges you had in your childhood, favorite hobbies, first job, worst job, and." what'll happen with those things is it's kind of base level but it people go oh i didn't know you worked at the you know padres ball field i did too and then all of a sudden there's a connection or oh you're the middle child oh i know what a middle child feels like or you know just it takes the the edge off and it lets you connect and again right. these can be any questions but these are the questions that were laid out in yeah. the book
1: cool. Well, and I think there is a key, I, what I liked about these five particular questions is they start, start off fairly non-threatening, right? But they mm-hmm. give good information. Yeah. It's like, okay, where you grew up, now now you've got like, okay, where are you in the sibling situation? Yeah. And the the gem in there is the challenge you faced growing up.
0: Yes. Because
1: now that's giving you, and you don't normally get that when you're on a, on a work level, like on a first introduction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but now that's giving some insight into their psyche, right?
0: Right. Absolutely.
1: And then, you know, worst job, first job, you know, those things are funny and everybody can relate to that. But the gem <laughs> in there is like, <laughs> I mean, I, I sure as heck can, <laughs> but, but the, the gem in there is the challenge question. Yes. Because exactly. that's opening opening up, and you now you're getting an understanding of like, oh, maybe that's why Ed acts that way, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's it's kind of good. Right. I really really like that one. Um, Me I, too. Well, did anything else jump on you in trying to in uh, creating this environment?
0: Well, I just I think that no matter what, when you're. Um, when you're asking your team to be vulnerable, you always have to be vulnerable first. And I know I already mentioned that, but I I would say of any time that you're ever doing any exercise with your team, it, it's not that you're going first because you're the leader. It's going first because you're showing and leading in a way of vulnerability. And every time you do that, and every time you call yourself out for a mistake... Every time you say, I could do that better. Every time you say, look, I, I'm sorry I let you guys down. You're creating trust that they know it's okay if they make a mistake. Because like, my favorite line, to be unclear is to be unkind. So if yeah. you're not being clear with how you want to lead this, then you're being unkind to your team.
1: Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's very well said. Let's jump up to the next level of the pyramid, okay. which is the the fear of conflict. I know one of my takeaways on this is that You've got to set that tone right away with your team. Right. It's like, hey, it's okay. we're we're gonna we're gonna mash through this a little bit, and we're not gonna attack the person we're attacking the idea. Correct. And when it happens, you kind of need to call it out. And that's that it's it's tricky, but when you get the eye roll or if people if you're getting a sense that people are holding back, you've got to bring that out and say, "Hey, this is a safe place. It's ok we we need this. We can't move forward. Mm-hmm. Unless we're really discussing how we feel,
0: right? Be an advocate for the conflict, not for the person. So we're we I'm I'm standing behind the conflict. We're going to rip this apart and look at it in a kind way. And you're right you, right. you as the leader, you're going to need to step in if you see um, more attacks on the human than on the idea. And also, very good in the story in the book was the leader actually allowed those things to unfold even when they got uncomfortable. So if you have an idea that you're like thinking, okay, well, I'm so glad that they're talking about this. Don't step in. Let them have the voice to go through that and add things that you might not have ever thought of. But if you jump in, you're stopping that conflict.
1: And and the the goal here is to then get agreement On what you're going to be doing going forward. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, as the leader, you know, you have to let that all go. And then you may, you're going to need to break the tie or say, well, you know, based on things that are coming in terms of higher on the pyramid, like your goals and what you're working toward, I'm hearing you, but we have to go a different direction. You know, my role as the leader, that's what we're deciding to do. Sure. But it can't, it's not coming from on high. Everybody needs to hear it, go through it, and make sure that they're committed to where where the team's going
0: right and one last thing on conflict from from me would be at the end of that session make sure you commend and show appreciation for people who were vulnerable in that conflict because ultimately what that will do is that will allow them to feel comfortable doing that even deeper the next time through but if right. you if you just let them sit there and marinate and go, oh my God, did I say something bad? <laughs> Am I in trouble? <laughs> you don't want to do that. You want to you want to recognize them for being vulnerable,
1: right? Shall we chat a little bit about the accountability piece? Um, sure. What, Let's what do thoughts that. do you have? What thoughts do you
0: have there, Jeffy? Okay, so I uh, well, number one, you can't get there without commitment. So that was the step. That's the step below. Um. When you're leaving these meetings and you look everybody in the eye and say, okay, we're committed to doing this. And everybody says, okay, I'm committed to doing that. Then the accountability rolls out. So if somebody in your team comes and says, hey, Ed isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. You say, okay, well, let Ed know. Yeah. Because then, then there's that communication. heat That person is holding Ed accountable for whatever needs to happen. For us, I think a really great thing to put in here would be calls, notes, and pop buys because that's what we do within our coaching system. Right. When you have an accountability partner, that accountability partner doesn't go, "Oh, Jeffy, cod, you know, you didn't make your eight calls a day. Oh, bummer." No, that accountability partner goes, "Look, lady, you." You bought into doing this, like what? What's the deal? Why isn't it happening? Let's talk right. it through. Let's figure it out. So there's there's not the passive thing or the oh, I knew she couldn't do that, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> because that means you don't support me, right? Right.
1: No, that's okay. I, I love what you said. It's like if, if somebody in your team says, "Hey, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing," say, "Well, then let them know," because right. the peer based accountability is where the real value is. Exactly, right.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and then, then I think getting you know, the attention to results that that really comes the way I saw that and and see it
0: mm-hmm. is
1: that's a consistent messaging on the goal, right? Um, really, really important. Like, what are we trying to achieve? Start every meeting with that. End every meeting with that. Right. Be consistent on that, and and really, you know it. It might seem redundant, but you know what it takes like eight times for a message to even resonate. You know, absolutely. you have to you have to beat that in. It's like this is where Actually, we're going. This yeah. is what we're doing.
0: I want to take a time out here. When you took the boys on the cycling trip. Do
1: you want me to tell that story? Yeah. I absolutely. do, because
0: every day you started it with something, right? Or that's was right. it the scouts thing? Okay. So just yeah. because I think that's a great example of getting your team focused on the results. So let's yep. hear
1: it. Yeah. So um, we've mentioned this a couple in a couple of previous podcasts, but I led a Boy Scout, a group of Boy Scouts, seven Boy Scouts on a cross-country bike trip, self-supported, 4,000 miles. And every morning... That's a lot of every miles, Every evening, buddy. <laughs> I know, 66, 67 days, Every we started sa- saying, okay, we're seven Scouts riding 10 weeks, 4,000 miles, for a cancer charity, yeah. started you know, and we we would start that, and we would end our day with that, and what everybody that we interacted with, we were on message with that. Hey, what are you guys doing out here? Oh, we're seven scouts in ten weeks, four thousand miles for a cancer charity. Very succinct, very yeah. clear.
0: Yeah. It was
1: powerful. And right. so they knew why they were out there, what mm-hmm. we were doing, and what yep. the goal was. And I'll tell a story where we almost diverted from that goal a little bit. It could have put the team at risk. Um, and we can get to that on a, a little sidebar and how it worked out. It really was an example of this tr- this pyramid. Do you want me to tell right. that now, or do you? Want sure, me
0: to go know? for it. Okay.
1: So it was a sixty-six day trip. It was about day sixty-three. So we're almost done. We're in North Carolina, and you know we've only got. 150 more miles to go right and they're pretty ambitious you know they're 17 years old 16 17 and they're like we want to ride uh, 110 miles today uh, because nobody's ever done that you know, in all the previous trips and we want to own that record and it was wickedly hot mm. Yeah, you know, we're talking you know North Carolina in August so it's like you know it's very very hot so they came to me and communicated that and I said well um that would require us getting up at 4 a.m. Uh, to even have a shot at that. So let's see where you guys are on that and and we'll see what happens. Right. So the next morning rolls around and God love them. They like got up at 4 a.m., silently <laughs> set up, and they're like reporting for action. Right. And they came to me and I said, okay, what's the goal? And that well, to ride cross-country, just get, you know, seven scouts successfully get across country. And I said, what we, what you're wanting to do is in direct conflict with that goal because if it's it's hot and we could have a heat injury and somebody could not make it that's in conflict with the goal Ooh. and we talked that through and, and they realized I yeah you're shivers. right mm-hmm. yeah and they bought into it and off we went and we had a reasonable day and everybody made it but they were heard yeah. They focused on the goal. They felt comfortable yeah. coming and having, and it was there was conflict. You know, we're standing in the middle of the road and waiting for the sun to come up to ride, and they really wanted to do it, but they realized that that was not the right decision.
0: I love that. Yeah. that's good. Okay. Wow. I just got, <laughs> I have shivers. Well, that's and good. It, go scouts, go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so here's something really interesting. A team that is not focused on results, right? The top tier, something you can look for is that you stagnate and you don't grow. So if your team's stagnating and not growing, you're you're definitely not focused on the results. They rarely defeat their competitors. Hmm. They lose achievement-oriented employees. So, I mean, Ed and I have been actively looking for People for our teams, and you just had a situation where you found that a lot of people were exiting a team in your area, right. and I'm wondering if it's really based on that—the fact that that there was no clear vision of what the results would be.
1: Yeah, I think there were some other things in play there yeah. too. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, but the, you know, in in looking at this model, you can see the foundation for it, right? Um, you know that something like this can help that help
0: that from happening right the other one is in, uh it encourages team members to focus on their own careers we were talking about that earlier with the ego it's really ego based as opposed to team based right 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 and um they easily get distracted because they don't have the clear vision of what that that end result is supposed to be
1: yeah no, right I think, I think I think you've got it yeah
0: okay and then can I give you the a team that focuses on it Let's hear it. I think, I think this the top of the pyramid pretty dang important. Okay, great. Yeah, it's very, you, very you, important. You, you listen to me. <laughs> 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 okay. They retain achievement-oriented employees. I think that's very important. Raquel, yeah. don't you ever leave me. <laughs> Minimizes individualistic behavior. So, it's team behavior versus solo behavior. I might need to work on that a little bit. We'll put that in the sidebar. Enjoys success and suffers failure acutely. Benefits from individuals who subjugate their own goals and avoids distractions.
1: Yeah, so they're I focused. That's really good. Yeah, they're focused on what they do. I think we've kind of covered this pretty well. I would like sure. to end it with maybe you. You had an example of how you've used the tools on the on the honesty vulnerability piece.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The 360
1: review, I think that was the one you were talking about.
0: So after Peak 2021, we were actually given during Peak these reviews that you could do. So you would fill out how you felt that you communicated and worked in a business environment. And then each of your team members filled that out. And then you filled it out for them so you could see, (laughs) see how you interpreted yourself and then how they interpreted you for your actions. And so, you know, I said, okay, I'll go first. You guys, here's, you know, here's what I think. And you should have seen their faces. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Raquel and Joe were looking at me like, uh, I don't think so, lady. <laughs> 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 so, it was raw, beautiful information that I had to not be hurt by because it's, right. it's real and i actually felt like i had a huge growth spurt after that meeting because i was challenged to want to do better for my team that was it was a really that was a really good one and i i mean yeah. i don't have the the paper with me today to to go through anything but again you have to be open to allowing your team to say hey i i don't i don't think you're doing that right Right <laughs> or hey, you have room to grow.
1: That's right. Uh, that's yeah. right. And I, I, the only caveat I would put on that technique is, you probably don't want to lead with that one. <laughs> you probably want to have established some pretty good trust, yeah, um, along the way, and then because that's a pretty advanced technique because it can be pretty, you know, raw, it, raw, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and as the leader, you you know, you've got to be able you know, you need to go first and accept it correctly and set that tone. But yep. it, there needs to be. Um, a lot of trust for that technique,
0: um, mm-hmm. but, a, but a very effective one. Yep. Well, do you have one? I think that. Um, Hang on, you're not getting off the hook, buddy.
1: Okay, for me, um, you know, the consistent messaging one is really important. I I, I tend to do that when I was a scout leader. Um, I always said our our Boy Scout troop was the premier high adventure Boy Scout troop in America. Because of mm-hmm. all the th- crazy things that we did, and so I started every meeting and I ended every meeting with that, right? And over time, that you know they would just repeat that and they would buy into it, and then you would see that that was the cult. That was just the culture, right? So I think consistency in messaging um, on communicating a goal—that's a really, really important thing. Because we yeah. think, oh, I said it once, you know, they they got it. I said it like two years ago. Why wouldn't they right. know it? Well, you know, you got to do it at every meeting,
0: right? Every meeting start it. and finish.
1: Start and finish. Start right. and finish. Start and finish. Hey, this is what so. this is why we're here.
0: <laughs> you really need one of those to have to be able to say it start and finish. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, so we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we need to wrap. But okay. again, great book. I'm holding it up again, but it's the five
0: Patrick Lancioni. Yep. The five Give dysfunctions the, of a team.
1: That's it.
0: Okay. We hope link down you, you go.
1: Yeah, we hope you got a lot out of this. Would love your uh, comments, likes, and shares.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're excited to share what we learned at the team event.
0: Bye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the show, gained insight into having a thriving business, and living a balanced life. We also welcome any ideas you would like us to discuss in future shows. Don't forget to like and share. We'll see you next week.